Here's Ken. Just for, just for clarification, if it's your first-time guest or the first time this year? First time do, oh, not, okay, because I was hoping first time this year, because then everybody would get a prize, right? Yeah. Isn't this a great group sitting right up front here, your teenagers? Yeah. You ready to go back to school? No, no. Your parents are. Yeah. So... For those of you that don't know me, my name's Ken, and I am married to Narita, the children's director. That's how most people know me now, that I'm married to her. Um, isn't she smoking hot for a grandma? I'm, I'm, I'm so honored to be married to her. So now I'm, in, now I'm in trouble. So when you're in trouble, pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that uh, we can be here this day. We bless you for families. We bless you that decisions that we make today will affect generations. I pray that we would make wise ones. In Jesus' name, amen. So this Christmas season, how many of you spent any time at all with family? Okay, live to tell about it. We go, okay. Well, I am convinced that every family has one. Every family has one person who's just a little out there, just a little peculiar. Now, I'm certain you're probably thinking through your family tree. If you can't think of the peculiar person, guess what? <laughs> it's you. Well, in our family, it's my Aunt Shirley. My, my mom has one sister, and just consider a little bit about her to let you know what our family tree is like. She lives in North Avon Park and my parents live in Orlando and several years ago it took her 15 hours to get there because she doesn't listen to directions. The next day she went to the doctor and said that her back was hurting and the doctor said, have you traveled recently? And Aunt Shirley said yes. Um, didn't say where to, but the doctor said, how long were you in the car? And she said, 15 hours. And she said, well, the next time you go see your sister, you have to fly. So Aunt Shirley is now convinced in order to get from Avon Park to Orlando, she has to get in a plane. And we're, we're trying to decide, is she going to go to you know Orlando Airport and just ask them to spin around once or twice? or drive to Miami and then fly? Well, we're not certain about that. Another um, time, she has a programmable home telephone. Okay? It only has... Um, she, she doesn't use it any longer because every time she calls it, she says it's busy. Well, she only has one number programmed, and it's her telephone. <laughs> You'll, you can do it. You, you'd. <laughs> My parents' email address is howard slash gale at earthlink.net. She sent them an email. It came back as unknown. Instead of retyping it, she calls Earthlink and says, what do you mean I don't know these people? This is my only sister. This is her husband. Okay, final one just to let you... Uh, 
Because all of you have an Aunt Shirley, don't you? And if you don't, guess who, who's the Aunt Shirley in your family? But recently she called my parents' house thinking it was Walgreens. And when my dad answered the phone, she started listing all of the prescriptions that she needed refilled. And finally my dad interrupted and said, uh, Shirley, this is Howard. Well, when did you start working for Walgreens? What's the point of this story? Well, hopefully maybe to make you laugh a little bit, but every family has that, that person that's a little crazy, a little odd. And also in our families, we've had people, and, and we are a part of that, who haven't always followed the ways of God. And I want you to know today, however, that the Bible has some very good news for you. That the Bible t reminds us that God can not only work in your life, but God can work in the life of your family. And that He can forgive. Here's what I would like you to do. Look at the person that you're seated beside and just say, it's never too late to do what's right. Okay, now I always hate that when the speaker says do that but since I've got the clicker today I want you to say it again it's never too late to do what's right I want to impress upon you today that the reason why I make that statement is some of you are making decisions this very day that should the Lord tarry and not come back it will be affecting your family generations from now generations from now but the good news is God can work with your family today we're going to look at the family tree of Jesus and some of you are probably going to say you think this is Jerry Springer you think this is a soap opera because a lot of times we don't think about who was in the, the family tree of Jesus we usually start <clears throat> on January 1 and say, I'm going to read the New Testament through all the way this year. And we get in J Matthew 1, and what's it start with? This person begat that person, this person begat that person. And you're thinking, I don't know who any of these people are. This is really strange. Why do we do that? Why, why does it start like that? Because they're trying to get you to understand that Jesus has a family tree as well. And in the family tree of Jesus, there's some shady characters. So let's consider this today. We're just going to read the first three verses, but it, I think it's like the first 17. I'm going to spare you all of the begats, but it says, The record of the an ancestors of Jesus the Messiah, the descendant of David and Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Some of you have heard of these guys. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac the father of Jacob. Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. Now is where it starts getting a little confusing. But verse... Verse 3 says, Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez was the father of Hezron, and Hezron was the father of Ram. And if you're honest with me today, most of you, when you're trying to read through that, say, hmm, let's go here, right? Because we don't go through all these people, begat these people. But I want you to know today that this is the family line of Jesus. In order for you to remember it, I am going to have a dramatization of Genesis chapter 38. So 
the, the people that quote-unquote volunteered to participate come forward. I've got I to let you know, though, I've been distracted because I'm a gator and we got two people down here in Michigan shirts and you guys pounded us. So if, I, if, I, if I'm a little confused, I, it's, I'm going to look this way because, you know. Okay. Believe it or not, this group represents people in the Bible, okay? And I need you to start by raising your right hand. I solemnly swear to not sue Ken for character assassination. There you go. You've been sworn in. Okay, this is... If you don't believe me, you can read Genesis 38 this afternoon. But this is something that took place in the Bible. It's a, it's a story, not about a man named Brady, but about a man named Judah. And you are Judah today, okay? And the only lady up here is his daughter-in-law, Tamar. We doing good so far? Okay, um... I need, I need Brian Germany come this way. No, there's no other ladies here. You stand over here. Okay, Brian. Sorry, Jane. Um, but uh, Brian, you are going to be husband number one. And uh, I can say that because I performed his wedding ceremony. Okay. Oh, you're number, you're number two. You're number one. You're number two. You're number three. You just got demoted, okay? <laughs> and you hold on to these. Believe it or not, these two are twins, okay? <laughs> I, my, my bride and I have identical twin daughters who are now 30. I'm not certain, but except for the hair, I really think you're twins. I really do, okay? So, let me get to the point. Aren't you glad of that? Um, in Genesis 38, there is the story of a man named Judah who had three sons. The first one, because he's the oldest, marries Tamar. Okay? Now, problem is, husband, brother number one dies. Lay down, Brian. You're dead. Okay? There he goes. Okay, but we're going to keep them around so you remember the rest of the story. So in that culture, what would take place is if there was a younger brother, what would happen? Tamar had to marry the next youngest one, okay? So, Mr. Florida State is involved in this one, but because you're wearing the Florida State thing, you're dead too, okay? No, not, not you. You're brother number three. Okay, okay, Bryce. Bryce is the youngest. And now Judah thinks, I don't know about this Tamar. I think she's putting something in the soup. Okay, that's not in Genesis 38. But why do my sons keep dying? So she says, he says, he's such a cute little boy. He's such a cute little guy that there's no way I'm going to let him marry Tamar. Okay? I don't know if it was because he was young or if it was cute, but... It's the hair. It's the hair? There you go. Hair's highly overrated because I used to have hair like yours. Your day's coming. 
So, here's what happens. Judah says, Tamar, you're not marrying Bryce. It's not going to happen. Okay? Time passes. Tamar has her, her widow's outfit, which is all black. She was wearing all black. And this time passes, time passes, and Judah decides to go on a business trip. Here's where it starts getting a little dicey. Okay? So, Judah's going to a neighboring town on a business trip, and Tamar decides, I'm not wearing these uh, clothing of a widow any longer. I am going to dress up and pose as a prostitute. She goes to a neighboring town. Guess who she solicits without him knowing who it is? Judah. They have relationships. She gets pregnant. And guess what the result of it is? These twins right here. This is what happened. Now, you guys are still dead. Okay? Okay? Now, look back at verse 3. Judah was the father of Perez and the father of Hezron, whose mother was Tamar. Now, this is part of the family tree of Jesus. Didn't they do great? Except for Glenn. Didn't they do great? Okay, dead. the dead will now rise. Okay, everything that I just told you except for the soup part is in Genesis 38. Go back and read it. But the point that I want you to hear today is that's the family line of Jesus. Because if you continue reading in Matthew 1, you're going to see that there are a lot of people there who are in the family tree of Jesus. And what I want you to hear today is in the family of tree of Jesus, there's liars, there's deceitfulness, there are cheaters, there are adulterers, there's prostitutes, and there's murderers. And I want you to know this, if God can work through that family, He can work through yours. That's the hope of the gospel, that God can and will change lives today. So as we finish up this Christmas season, I want you to be thinking about how God can work in your family because isn't that how Matthew chapter 1 starts? Here's the ancestors of Jesus. Well, the question I have today is what can we gain from studying the family tree of Jesus? Why does Matthew start out with that? How can that be applicable now in 2016, all these years later? What can we gain from learning that story and other stories. Well, the first thing I want you to know is I believe that by putting that in the Bible and starting with that, it increases my confidence in the biblical narrative. What do I mean by that? If I were writing a story about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and I wanted Him to be known as great and grander and the one that created all things, would I put in that story that some of his cousins and some of his great-grandparents, the father-in-law slept with the daughter-in-law? I mean, why do you put that in there? 
I think the reason they put it in there is it's true. And the beauty of the Bible is it depicts people exactly how they are so you and I can know that that we don't have to be perfect to follow Jesus. Aren't you grateful for that? But I want to remind you today that God can and will forgive. God can and will use you and your family. And the decisions that you make today will affect people for generations. So this increases my confidence in the biblical narrative because when it tells that story and then it includes it, I also it, the Bible also says these words, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Isn't that the beauty of the Christmas narrative? That, that the very God that placed the stars in the sky, the very God that, that knows every grain of sand on every beachfront property, the very God that knows all of that knows about you and your situation. And He's not forgotten you. He's not forgotten you. That God is so wonderful that this is this is what he tells us. I want you right now to picture yourself approaching a king. The king is seated on his royal throne in, in, in his royal robes. And this is what we know. We do not have a high priest that we cannot sympathize, who, who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. He was tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. This little baby grew up to... And then he went to school and he knew what it was like to have people bullying him. And, and then he grew up and he knew what it was like to be employed and people wouldn't pay him. And he knew what it was like to be laughed at and spit upon and mocked. And he was tempted in every way just like you and I. The very God that knows how many sand, grains of sand can relate to you. And here's the difference. Yet without sin... And because he's without sin, you remember I told you we were approaching the throne today? You're approaching the throne of grace. Let us then approach God's throne of grace. How? Meekly? No. It says we can approach God's throne with confidence so that we can receive mercy and find grace at, to help us in our time of need. 2016, if I could offer you the, the gift of mercy and grace, would you take it? Absolutely. That's what God is offering us. And, and in this biblical narrative that starts out by saying this person begat this person and this person begats that person, it reminds me that the biblical narrative must be true if they're going to include people like that, but it also reminds me that this is true, that we can approach God's throne. Second reason why I think Matthew starts out with that. I've lost it. Where's the second one there, my friend? The one that says uh, it increases my confidence that God can work in our family. There it is, right there. <clears throat> Me and technology, we don't get along, okay? We just don't. Think about this for a moment. We've already had this dramatization about how God can and work in the life of that family. I want you to picture yourself now at a family reunion. And Jesus is at the head of the table. Can you picture Jesus saying something like this at his family reunion? Hey Judah, 
How did it feel to sleep with your daughter-in-law? That make you feel good? Tell you what kind of a man you are? You think Jesus would ever say anything like that? Hey, Tamar, how does it feel to be a prostitute, a no-good hooker, a person that sleeps with men for money? I can't fathom in my, my being Jesus saying something like that, but I can hear Him saying, Judah, I came to earth so that you could be forgiven. I came to earth so that people who come after you can know that God can work in the lives of people's families. You and I are the same way. We're seated at that same table, but as we're seated there, we are making decisions that not only are going to affect us, but who? Generations to come. The year was 1978. I was 15 years old. My family moved from a little town uh, up north to central Florida. Lake Wales, Florida scared me to death because it was such a big town. True story. First time I'm ever on 27 and I'm heading south and there were at the time what was called Donald Duck. Now it's Florida Natural. If you've ever been down that part of 27, you know where I'm talking about. There's a big ramp, and at the top of the ramp, you can see part of the city. And in 1978, we got to the top of the ramp, and I looked down, and I saw golden arches, and I thought, oh my, we are in a big city now. Because when I was a kid, if you went to McDonald's, it was a big deal. Do you know, had my dad not made that decision in 1978, in 1980, two years later, there was a brown-eyed girl that walked into our church who was a freshman at Warner, and I was a senior in high school, and that brown-eyed girl stole my heart. I want to let you in on a secret. She was a freshman in college, so I started bragging to all of my high school buddies. <clears throat> I'm dating a college girl. Yeah, boy. Come to find out that she graduated from high school a year early, and I'm older than she is. That's been 35 years ago. How many of my high school friends know that part of the story? Zero. None of them. Wouldn't tell them. That meeting doesn't take place if my father doesn't make a decision to sell his business and move to Florida. If that meeting of the brown-eyed girl, if she doesn't dramatically fall in love with me like crazy and start stalking me all over Lake Wales, that's not true, it was the other way around. But if that doesn't take place, we don't get married, we don't have three kids, they don't get married, and now we have four grandchildren, three of whom are born, one who's coming any day now. How different is, is life if my dad doesn't make a decision almost 40 years ago? Now that was a godly decision that I was affected by, that God was at work at my fam, in my family. The other side of the coin. As I speak today, I have a very good friend who's a pastor in another area. Been married 25 years and... Uh, 
his wife met somebody online. And two days before Christmas, she served him with divorce papers. They have three kids that are in college. How's that family tree going to change now? You see, the decisions that we make today have a rippling effect to the future. But I want to remind you something that I told you earlier. It's never too late to do what? To do what's right. Trust God. Why? Because He can work not only in your life, but in the life of your family. And I believe a third reason why Matthew starts with with this story, not only does it increase my confidence in the biblical narrative, in other words, why would he add it if it's not true, and not only does it remind me that God can change a family history, but it also reminds me that it increases my confidence that Christ coming to earth was necessary. Christ coming to earth was necessary. Why? Because all of us have sinned. The Bible says these words, sin entered the world through one man and death, sin, and in a way, I'm sorry, I can't see that today. Let me read it from this side. Sin entered the world through one man and death through sin And in this way, death came to all people because all people have sinned. It's not just about Judah. It's not just about Tamar. It's about us, folks. All of us have sinned. And because all of us have sinned, all of us have skeletons in our closet that we would just like to hide and have nobody ever see. But remember today, I've already stated this, God can and will forgive. Aren't you thankful for that? That God can and will forgive. Have you ever heard of a tagline? Here's what I mean by tagline. Our son and daughter-in-law, Caleb and Jen, recently have started their own business. It's a video business. He used to do television commercials, and now he's gone out on his own. And, and when, he named the business, when they named the business just about a month or so ago, he said, Ken, it's StoryVox Creative. And I thought, I'm not certain I... I get that too much. I'm not certain I like it. But then he has a tagline, something that goes after it. And it says, your story deserves a voice. That's the tagline. So it explains what the business is. In the Bible, there are some people that have a tagline. One of them is in the family tree of Jesus. And if you keep reading in Matthew 1, you're going to hear about a lady whose name is mentioned eight different times in the Bible. And of the, excuse me, of the eight times that it's mentioned, six have a tagline. It's Rahab the what? Anybody? Rahab the prostitute. That's who is in the tagline of Jesus. We know people by their tagline, don't we? Alexander the, Buffy the, it's amazing. You guys know who Buffy the Vampire Slayer is, but Rahab, who's in the line of Jesus, not so much, right? Back to Rahab. 
She was a prostitute. She was a call girl. She was a lady of the evening. She was loose. She was easy. She was a tramp. She was someone who would sleep with men for money. But stop right there just for a moment. Before we're too hard on, on Rahab and Judah and Tamar, all of us have a tagline. It's just not so obvious. All of us have a tagline. Ken the liar, John the cheat, Mary the envious. Every one of us, just like Rahab, has earned a tagline. And that's why Christ coming to earth was necessary. Christmas is not about just singing uh, Christmas songs and sipping hot cocoa and going to the uh, neighbor's house. Christmas is about Christ coming to earth in the form of a baby and He came to forgive sins. The Bible says these words. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. All of us have a tagline. All of us have sinned. And the good news is, Christ can and does forgive. I mentioned this verse earlier, but the Bible says these words, And the Word became flesh and lived among us. I want you to think of it this way. There once was a wealthy, wealthy prince who met a villager, a common, ordinary village maiden and he thought I can win her over by using my finances and he said I could go to the local chocolate maker and have him make the greatest of all chocolates spare no expense and take those to her ladies would you like that and then he said, I could also go to the local florist and ask the local florist to fill her house with, with flowers, but not just her house, but the streets around it and to take rose petals and, and to lay them on the ground all the way to the palace. And he could do that easily. And then he went to the best musicians and he got Brandon and Brian and he got the rest of the band to serenade her with love songs. And he went to a local dressmaker and said, Can you make the finest of dress and, and use the finest materials and spare no expense? And he went to a local animal trainer and said, I want you to get some horses and, and pull in a carriage and I want you to take and put, put stakes of fire up to her house so that it, she's being serenaded by Brian and Brandon and she has the finest of chocolates and she's riding in this carriage. And then he went to the jeweler and he said, I want the best of all diamonds, but not just diamonds. I want rubies, I want emeralds, I want pearls, I want sapphire. But guys, answer this question for me. What was his problem? Guys, how did he know that she loved him? Not just for his money, not just for his power, not just for his fame. How did he know? So the prince took off his royal robes 
dressed up like a common villager and went to the village in an attempt to woo the love of his life. And the Bible says, and the Word, what? Became flesh. And Jesus who created all things, Jesus who created those those beautiful mountain ranges, Jesus who, I've mentioned before, knows how many sands are on every beach, came because He loves us. And Christmas is necessary because all of us have sinned. I feel compelled today to pray because I'm convinced that there are people here today that are making decisions and, and you think they're just going to affect today, but they're not. Just like my dad 40 years ago sold his business to move to Florida. That had a positive impact. But on the other side of the coin, there are people that are maybe making decisions similar to the one that my friend that's the pastor, his wife, made. Please realize that the decisions that we make make a difference. Stand with me as we pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for our families. I thank you that um, you can and still do work in families. Father, if we're honest, all of us have been a little bit like Judah. We've been a little bit like Tamar. We've been a little bit like Rahab. So help us, Heavenly Father, to realize that we can be forgiven. And Lord Jesus, I also pray for the person that has asked for forgiveness that he or she would realize that they can move forward in life and that you want to use them greatly in their decisions. So I pray now, dear God, that as we approach you with these decisions, we will receive mercy and grace in our time of need. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.